Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. We want to welcome you today to Jesus the Healer. I invite you to turn with us in your Bibles. Let's go to Mark chapter 10, and we're going to start reading in verse 46. I have had it in my heart for us to do some detailed studying of the healings that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry. And so we can see that if we will do what those people did, we will, got, we will get what those people got. Um, there were 19 individual cases of healing that the New Testament records for us. Um, some gospels record the same testimony. So maybe Mark recorded it and Luke recorded it, but it's still one incident. And so there's 19 of those. And so when we look that there were multitudes and multitudes and multitudes, probably innumerable, you can't number them all, that were healed under Jesus. The Holy Spirit, uh, these men that wrote the four Gospels, now the four Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They uh, record Jesus's earthly ministry. And the Bible says that the men that wrote the scriptures that they wrote as they were moved upon by the Holy Ghost. So this wasn't just men writing who selected what would be recorded. The Holy Ghost selected what would be recorded. And the Holy Ghost directed them to write concerning 19 individuals. And so it would behoove us to be diligent students to take those 19 cases and really familiarize ourselves with how did this what were the 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 conditions around this what was what were some of the dynamics of these different instances of healing so we want to be students we want to study the word tells us in luke chapter 5 it says that the people they came together the multitude came to hear and be healed so I say this, just hearing the word taught positions you for healing. Amen. If you'll accept it and act on it, it's not just hearing it with your ear, it's taking it in. It's choosing to be a doer of what you hear. And uh, so it says that they came to hear and be healed. So we can see this, that hearing precedes healing. Yes. You know, Jesus would get up and announce he did it in his own hometown of Nazareth. The spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me. And then he tells him what he's anointed for. Yes. Why did he do that? Because people won't know what to believe if they don't hear. That's right. Jesus was giving them something to hear so that they would know what to believe. So it's important that those people and people who may be watching on, on, on television or online, that they understand that God wants you healed, but the best way to be healed is to hear the word. Amen. Hear the word with it, because then you'll know how to hold fast to what you've received. So you can hear the word through reading it on your own in your own time. You can hear the word by watching online. You can hear the word by going to church and listening to your pastor. There's so many avenues or outlets that we have to hear the word. But if someone's saying, you know, Pastor Nancy, I need healing and I haven't been healed yet. I believe that Jesus wants me healed. Well, if that's the case and you're not experiencing healing, increase your hearing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
because it says they came to hear and be healed. So we prize the hearing. So many just prize the healing. (laughs) Well, the healing is to be prized, but the hearing is to be prized. Because if you hear, you receive instruction that you not only know how to receive healing for yourself, but now you can be ministering it to someone else. And so God wants us to not just receive healing. He wants us to receive hearing. He wants us to that we have ears that hear and that we hear the word taught. Jesus went everywhere teaching, preaching and healing. And I would say this, that teaching is more important than healing. Why? Because if you're taught, you can receive your healing. Amen. Sometimes people need the help of uh, of a minister or the help of another believer, uh, bringing their faith so that they can receive their healing. But if you hear enough of the word and you let that get engrafted in your heart, then you get to the point where you don't need others to minister to you the same way because you know some things for yourself and your hearing positions you for healing. You're not earning it by hearing teaching. You're becoming skillful. You're learning. You're gaining knowledge that you're going to need because the enemy is always going to come and always going to try to steal from you. And we call those counterattacks. The devil's going to launch a counterattack. And if you're taught, then you know how to to overcome in the face of a counterattack. If you're not taught, you may not know how to overcome in the face of a counterattack and the devil will steal your healing from you. So that's why it's so good that we not just be healed, but that we hear. And I I like something that John G. Lake said. John G. Lake was a, a powerful minister and there was an emphasis of healing in his ministry. And he says, I think that sometimes these instantaneous healings are detriment to people rather than someone who just stood day by day and they just improved and they got better every day they were using their faith because he said uh when when people get it with their own faith know that now they know how to get it next time and now they know how to help someone else get theirs and sometimes if someone just gets uh, in a healing line or someone prays for them and instantaneous, it leaves. Thanks. Thank God for that. But just think of what you learn when you go through the process of standing your ground. So uh, we want to take time and look at these individual cases of healing. And I want to start with Mark chapter 10, and we're going to look at blind Bartimaeus. I so love and appreciate this man. And the testimony he left us. Isn't it something? People are still being healed off of a man's testimony. That the man has left the earth around 2,000 years ago, but his testimony is still bringing others into the light and into healing. So when God does something for you, tell it, testify. Because it will mean something for someone else's help. So Mark chapter 10 and verse 46 And I'm going to read through verse 52. It reads, And they came to Jericho, and as Jesus went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, 
thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So I want us to back up and let's look at each verse individually. Let's dig around in these verses and look at the details of it. Because if we're not careful, we can just read through this fast and really miss the light of what is of what these verses hold. So verse 46 said, blind Bartimaeus sat by the highway side begging. Well, isn't this interesting that this is one of the few cases of healing where the man who's healed, his name is recorded. His name is recorded. So what does that tell us? It tells us or gives us the idea he was well known in that region as a beggar. Because the writers of the, the Gospels knew his name. So he wasn't someone that was, uh, he stood out in society just because he was begging. He was visible Mm -hmm. to so many. So um, people knew him as a beggar. But I tell you, by the time Jesus was done with him, (laughs) he was known by a whole nother thing. We don't know him as beggar. We know him as miracle, right? <laughs> he, he received a miracle. So I would say this, people may have known you one way from your past, <laughs> but let God rewrite some things on your life and you'll be something you've never been before. <laughs> I mean, he, blind Bartimaeus was no longer blind Bartimaeus. He was seeing Bartimaeus. He, he, uh, he was something he had never been before. So he, it says he sat by the highway side. Well, what's that mean? He sat at a high traffic intersection. He sat where a lot of people went by. So this was undeniable. This would have been a notable miracle because so many people would have noticed him. And, uh, so he was well known. Uh, by the public. Verse 47 says, And when Jairus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So notice this. He must have heard something in connection with Jesus being a healer. And he heard something in connection with that healing being a mercy. Because he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. If you had never heard that someone could even, that anyone was ever healed under Jesus, why would you call for that? So he's heard something. What you hear determines what you ask for. What you hear determines what you believe for. What you hear determines what you're expecting. It matters what you're hearing. Amen. Because you're going to believe based 
on what you hear. If you wrongly hear that God is making people, people sick to teach them something, that they got a harvest of sickness coming for all their, but they've been bad enough. No wonder they're sick. If you hear that, you'll believe that. And what you believe the devil will fulfill. Anything against the word that you believe, God can't fulfill that. Amen. So there's an enemy out there who will fulfill it. And anything in line with the word, God fulfills. Yes. So uh, if you hear what the word says, that Satan is the one that steals, kills, and destroys. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So anything that steals, kills, destroys, anything that makes your life less, anything that's a subtraction from your life, God didn't have anything to do with it. And so many times we've got to get rid of this thinking that God is using some harm, using some grief, using some sorrow or some suffering to teach us something. He teaches by his word. He doesn't teach by suffering. Amen. Amen. So uh, evidently, thankfully, blind Bartimaeus heard something and what he heard was right. Yes. But it's not enough to hear it. He believed it. Yes. He believed it because he called out. Now, what if some he would have heard testimony? Hey, I was around this man named Jesus. I saw people being healed and blind Bartimaeus said, I don't believe a word of it. I don't believe that. I don't believe anybody was healed. Yeah. Well, then he wouldn't have called yeah. right. when he heard Jesus coming, right? right? Amen. So we know that he heard something. And uh, then it says that when he heard it was Jesus, he began to cry out. There again, we have to make sure that we understand this is not a, a begging cry. Yeah. This is not a desperation cry. This is not a panic cry. Yeah. This is not a I'm overwhelmed cry. This is not a cry of anxiety. There, there is a cry of faith that is coming out of him. And so although he, Bartimaeus did not have vision, he did have a voice. So he could not see where Jesus was. He, mm-hmm. he would not have known in proximity. How far is Jesus from me? He wouldn't have known that. All he knows is he's on a highway. What's that mean? There's a lot of people. There's a lot of commotion. There's a lot of passing by. And you know, you, you understand that blind people will say that your other senses are more heightened. Why? Just because they're, they're, you have to rely on them more. And so you're, you, you're exercised in those. So if it were just Jesus alone coming down the road, he might could have been able to locate proximity. But because this is a highway, there's people all over. There's a crowd with Jesus. Bartimaeus is in a crowd. So he cannot, he cannot locate how far is Jesus away. So he's crying. And I guarantee you, he's crying loud. (laughs) He is crying loud. So we see he didn't just sit silently by and hope, Oh God knows I need healing. Oh God. And say to himself, Oh God knows I need this. Oh, I hope he stops for me. Oh, I hope he ministers to me. He didn't do that at all. He didn't wait for just, I hope he got loud and said, I got a need. I got a need. And he starts calling out. So, so many people just sit back silently and wait for God to put something on them. Wait for God to bring
bring them provision. Wait for God to heal them. And we see if we do what they did, we get what they got. So what did he do? He cried out. He didn't just go silent. He got loud. And he got emphatic. And he called. And like I said, he's not calling in fear. And he's not calling in desperation. Uh, we are not, we have to understand this as Christians, we are not a desperate people. Those days are gone. When we were born again, we lost all desperation. We have a provider. We have a healer. We have a helper. We have a father who loves us. We have authority. Desperation is of the past. And many times when people will come and services and I, I, your, your heart goes out to them because maybe they've just gotten a bad report. They've just gotten something that is overwhelming to them and they'll come up in a healing line and they'll just be weeping. And you know, it's not weeping under the presence. It's weeping under fear, weeping under desperation. And I don't make light of that because that is a big thing to have to stand against. But what I take, what I take time to do is I've got to get them out of this cry of desperation. And I've got to get them into the flow of faith because it's not crying that God answers. It's faith. He answers. And so we know that blind Bartimaeus was not crying out of desperation. It was a cry of faith. And I will tell people, listen, God wants you healed more than you want healed. You can rest right now. Don't don't try to struggle. Don't try to to uh, don't struggle to believe or to receive. He's got it ready and available. It's yours. You know, you've got to talk people and help people out of a place of desperation if you're going to help them. You've got to bring them into a place of faith and rest and peace and joy because that's what God moves in and manifests in. So um, we don't just pray or call on God to do something. We do some calling. We do some calling. Now, Romans chapter four and verse 17, it speaks about Abraham and it said what Abraham did. It said he called those things which be not as though they were. Faith has a call. Faith has a call. And um, faith is not silent. (laughs) You can't just say, well, I'm just quietly believing the Lord. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. When faith is in your heart in abundance, your mouth is going to start saying some things, calling for some things. So faith calls those things which be not as though they were. So we could say it this way. Faith calls what is not there to get there. Now, it doesn't say faith calls those things which be as though they're not. Now, let me describe it this way. One time um, I was with somebody. And they were having physical conditions. And they were kind of, they weren't life-threatening, but they weren't mild either. So about a year or so later, I saw that same person and I said to them, how are you doing physically? And they go, I don't know what you're talking about. I go, well, I know what I'm talking about. I was here. I know exactly what I'm talking about. 
And they go, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have that. And I go, well, last year you did. (laughs) But they thought by denying that that was there, that that's what this verse means. That's not what this verse means. It's not acting like something that's there isn't there. It doesn't call those things that be as though they're not. It calls those things that be not as though they were. That means I don't deny it. Let's say if your arm is hurting, I don't, I don't say, no, my arm's not hurting. And then act like, and, and think that's faith. No, faith says pain. You don't belong to me. Healing. You belong to me. Faith. You get out. I mean, pain, you get out and healing. You come see you're calling what isn't there to get there. You're not acting like what is there isn't there. And that's where people get mixed up a little bit. They, they misunderstand faith. They're trying to act like God, they're like God is wanting you to act like something isn't a fact that is a fact. If you need mortgage by Monday, you need mortgage by Monday. That's a fact. And you better not act like you don't have a mortgage on Monday. That's due. (laughs) You better do If the money's not there, you better start calling that. You call what isn't there to get there. That's what this verse is. Faith tells what is not there, get there. So that being the definition of faith, and that's really what blind Bartimaeus was doing. He was calling. He was calling the healer to his need. Right? That's right. And he didn't wait for somebody else to have mercy and compassion on him to do it. He did his own calling. It will weaken your faith to always want to be under the umbrella of someone else's faith. You need your own faith so your own faith can take the lead. That's a place where you will walk. Uh, and be anxiety free, yes. be panic free because you know how, you know how to believe God for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. Amen. So faith calls those things which be not as though they were. That means this. If there's pain in your body, say, I call healing to my body. <clears throat> I call, I call my body pain free. I'm not saying there's not pain there. I'm saying I'm calling what I want. I don't call the way it is. And this is where the mental believer, they struggle because they're trying to believe this with their mind and it doesn't make sense. You're right. It does not make sense, but it works. I don't know how me saying I receive Jesus as my savior translates me from one kingdom to the other. I don't understand that, but because I call myself saved, he works my salvation and I change kingdoms. I don't know how me saying I receive Jesus takes away sins, past, makes me a new creature, makes me a citizen of heaven. And when I leave this earth, I will live in heaven. I don't know how all that happens with words, but it does. You cannot mentally figure that out because the mind cannot calculate what the heart can believe. The heart can believe things that the mind cannot figure out. And so... 
the faith of God is in your heart. It's not in your mind. It's in your heart. So don't limit what you believe to your mind. Your mind will go on tilt. Your mind will quit processing it rightly. Just quiet your mind and say, I believe. I don't have to figure it out. I just believe. I call myself, I call my body healed in the face of pain. I know pain is there, but I call healing mine. I call a pain-free body mine. I call provision mine. I call, I call the income I need. It comes. You say, I don't understand that. Well, remember what it says over uh, in, in the Old Testament when it says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. It doesn't say, let the weak say, I'm weak. It doesn't say, let the poor say, I'm poor. You say what you want, not what you see. Amen. And this is the law of faith. This is how it operates. You call it. Let's do it this way. That being the definition of faith, faith calls those things which be not as though they were. That's Romans 4, 17. Let's take that definition and put it in where we see the word faith used. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by calling those things which be not as though they were. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without calling those things which be not as though they were, it's impossible to please God. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our calling those things which be not as though they were. That's that's the law of faith. It has nothing to do with your education. has nothing to do with what region of the world you live in, what kind of home you were raised in, what your income is. It has to do totally with what you'll choose to believe. And then what you'll choose to say. Amen. And this is what blind Bartimaeus was doing. He was calling because he believed that something more awaited him than blindness. He had had enough of that. Can you imagine what a life of that would be like? In Psalms 107 verse 2, it says this, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. My husband made this statement, your redemption won't work until you say so. Amen. So this is what calling is. It's saying so. I say that I'm healed. And people say, well, Pastor Nancy, I've been endeavoring to believe God for my healing. Can I say this? Start calling yourself healed. Amen. Call. Say, I call myself healed. Yeah, I know there's pain in my leg, but in the face of that pain, see, you're not denying it's there. You're denying that it's your future. Come on. Amen. That pain may be in your leg and you say, I call myself healed. I call my leg free from pain. And when you do that, it pleases God and things come into manifestation. What you, and you say, how does that work? Don't know. It's just the word. It's the word. God performs what he hears you say. And especially, the, and I'm saying this, when he hears you say the word, he performs his word that he hears in your mouth. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.